This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. where we share at least a fraction of the crazy, wonderful, and insightful stories of produce. I'm your host, JJ. Plated Earth is also the official podcast of the Specially Produce app. Please show your support for us and Specially Produce by downloading the app and exploring one of the globe's most comprehensive fresh food databases. Now grab a snack and get ready for Food Fables, where we share original short fiction stories about produce and its connection to people, culture, and more. For more than 45 years, Dimitri has been waking up the original farmer's market in Los Angeles with the smell of apple pie. He gets to the farmer's market before the sun, bakes and stacks pies floor to ceiling as the other merchants arrive, always baking a few extra to set aside as free samples for the kids visiting the market that day. Apple season was one of his favorites at the market because it brought new varieties, new flavors, new challenges, and old memories. He thought of his mother, who taught him how to bake. They'd spend hours together in the kitchen, laughing when he poured too much flour too fast into the bowl, exploding up in their faces like a cloud. He'd lick the batter from the bowl, and his mother would tell him stories of how different foods could transport her to different times of her life, or bring her back to people she'd long since seen. I don't see apple pie, I see your grandfather, she explained, although it wasn't until many years later that Dimitri understood. Like his parents, Dimitri believed in the power of plating pieces of this earth, bringing people together over food. He spent an extra two hours in the pie shop one morning, when the first full crates of the new season's apples came in. The first hour was dedicated to tasting the new types, distinguishing which ones he'd choose for pies that day. When he was done, he emerged from the shop, clapping his hands together to dust off the flour residue, laughing to himself at the sight of the white cloud it made. He hung up his apron, taking care that the strap laid flat over the hook. He stacked two apple pies on one arm and grabbed a fresh apple with the other to bring to the community table. The kids gathered around, drawn in by the promise of pie, their parents close behind whispering, I hear this is the guy who tells the stories. Dimitri cut perfect, slim, symmetrical slices and passed them around the table. Apples are my favorite, one little girl said as she accepted her slice of pie. Dimitri smiled. They're one of my favorites, too. Would you like to hear the story of Jenny Appleseed? The girl nodded her head with wide, eager eyes. You mean Johnny Appleseed? Another kid chimed in. No, no, Johnny Appleseed has a story all his own. But this is a different tale. The lesser-known story of Jenny Appleseed. Dimitri closed his eyes, took a single bite from the raw apple, chewing contently. He opened his eyes, replacing the apple on the table, and, as usual, with a wipe of his napkin across his lips, like a curtain unveiling the opening act, he began his story. Dimitri spoke. Once upon a time, there was a young girl named Jenny. From the time she was just a baby, her father would carry her on walks through their neighborhood, humming or whistling like little John and Robin Hood. Many neighbors had gardens in their front yards, and three of them had apple trees. Every day, with the neighbor's permission, he'd pick an apple from each tree as they passed by, explaining, 
This is an apple. It came from the tree, which came from the seeds planted in the soil. He'd go on to explain the life of every other thing in the garden, but he always started with the apple. One day Jenny's father had her propped up on his hip in one arm, the apple in his other hand, and as he began his usual speech, Jenny finished his sentence with her first word, apple. Her father smiled. That's right, this is an apple. For some time it was the only word she knew, and she used it for everything in the garden. Her father laughed as he said, tomato, cucumber, and Jenny replied, apple, apple. You sweet girl, he began as he pointed to her chest, are the apple of my eye. Jenny smiled and giggled through a few spit bubbles as she repeated, apple. Well, my little Jenny Appleseed, you know what's funny? As late as the 17th century, the word apple was used as a generic term for all foreign fruit other than berries. So you're not wrong calling everything you see in this garden an apple. This is one of the problems with identifying apples in religion, mythology, and folktales. Sometimes the use of the word apple is actually in reference to another fruit. As Jenny grew older, she'd walk alongside her father, hand in hand, and he'd tell her more and more about the apples than just how they were planted. In Arthurian legend, the apple gives its name to the mythical island of Avalon which is believed to mean Island of Apples. It's a place of great magic. It was in Avalon where the Excalibur sword was given to Arthur. With her wide brown eyes, Jenny would inspect the apple she carried with her on their walk, picked from the first apple tree they'd pass. And in Celtic legend, apples are thought to have the power to carry the eater into other worlds. He stopped and knelt down before Jenny, still holding her hand. He held up his apple, nodding his head to tell her to do the same. So, if you ever feel like escaping, close your eyes, take a bite, and let it take you away to a happy place. Jenny smiled, closed her eyes like her father did, and bit into the apple. She imagined herself in an apple orchard, her parents sitting together underneath an apple tree, reading and eating apple pie. They'd wave to her and blow her a kiss. She'd wave back, then turn and run down one of the rows of trees. The warm wind on her cheeks, the sweet, bright smell of apple pie chasing her as she ran. A few yellow lab puppies just ahead of and behind her. She used the apples to escape when her pet goldfish died, when she was bullied at school, and when her aunts and uncles and cousins came to stay and filled her house with noise. As Jenny got a little older still, her father told her about apples in mythology. According to the Norse and even the Greeks, apples made of gold are said to give immortality to those who ate them. It would make them live forever. Again, she stared at the apple in her hand in amazement. Forever, she whispered to the fruit. Jenny was just becoming a young lady when her mother became very ill. On their walk, her father tried to explain what was happening, but Jenny could not understand why. One night she remembered the power of apples in mythology, and so she snuck out in the dark to the neighbor's house with the golden yellow-hued apples and picked as many as she could carry. She brought them home to her mother, begging for her to eat. Her mother only managed a small bite with a whisper, You're the apple of my eye. She didn't make it through the night. Jenny laid across her father's lap, one of the apples in her hand, crying into his belly as he stroked her hair. He spoke softly. 
The apple is often linked with the tree of knowledge in the Garden of Eden. The larynx in the human throat, this bump here, has been called the Adam's apple because of the folktale that this bulge was caused by the forbidden fruit being stuck in Adam's throat. In the Old Testament, the apple was a symbol of temptation and sin and loss of innocence. But in the New Testament, it is a symbol of life and redemption. Meanings can change and evolve and grow, just as we do, my little apple seed. Jenny closed her eyes tight and bit into the apple, but she found no escape. For some time after that, Jenny refused to go on their usual neighborhood walks. Her father never stopped asking, though, despite Jenny's rejections. Then, one day, when she was older still, she woke to find an apple on the floor outside of her room. She picked it up, admiring its shape as she walked down the hall, only to find another apple on the floor by the front door. She collected it and followed the trail outside, a third apple resting on the grass by the front fence. When she stood after picking it up, she turned around to find her father there with a big grin. She laughed, handed him one of the apples, and asked if he'd like to go for a walk. She ate one of the apples, bouncing the other in her free hand, as her father told her another story. Atalanta, a huntress from Greek mythology, raced all her suitors in an attempt to avoid marriage. She outran them all, until Hippomenes came along. He asked the goddess of love, Aphrodite, for help, and she gave him three golden apples to slow Atalanta down. When she would race past him, he'd roll an apple up in front of her to distract her. It took all three apples and all of his speed, but he was finally successful, and he won the race and Atalanta's hand in marriage. Sounds like you learned a few tricks from that story, Jenny said. Her father winked and took a bite from his apple. My little apple seed, as you grow and blossom, know that I will always be there, chasing you in my thoughts. No matter how far you wander, you will always be able to find me. He lifted her hand that still held an apple up in front of her face. She smiled, closed her eyes, and took a bite. Before Jenny went off to college, she took one more walk with her father. He told her the tale of Isaac Newton witnessing an apple fall from its tree. As legend has it, he said, Newton was inspired to conclude that a similar universal gravitation attracted the moon toward the earth. He tossed the apple in the air and caught it again as it fell. The apple has long been a powerful symbol of knowledge and education. We know that the apple got an early start in human history, from the divine fruit in Greek mythology, to the story of Adam and Eve and the association of the apple with knowledge, loss of innocence, and lessons of right and wrong. The apple is still strongly associated with teachers to this day, as apples are a popular theme for gifts on the first day of school. This could stem from the apple's link to the tree of knowledge, but it also likely dates back to America's western frontier, when the families whose children attended schools were often responsible for housing and feeding teachers and maintaining the schoolhouse. In that tradition, an apple for the teacher could be considered a sweet token of appreciation for their work. Are you saying I should bribe my college professors with apples? Jenny teased. <laughs> no, not a bribe, but as a thank you for the lessons they'll teach you. The next morning, after Jenny had packed up her car and left home, her father woke to find an apple on the floor outside his bedroom. He picked it up with tears in the corners of his eyes and walked down the hall to see another apple by the front door. He followed the trail outside to discover an apple tree planted by the front fence of the yard 
with a single small apple already hanging from its branch and a note tied around its base. The note read, As a token of my appreciation, you always know how to find me too. He let the tears flow over his cheeks as he raised one of the apples in his hand in front of his face, closed his eyes, and took a bite. The end. That concludes this week's episode. Be sure to follow at Specially Produce App on Instagram for some amazing produce photos. And while you're on there, give us a follow at Plated Earth. Tune in next time for the latest food buzz. And remember, cauliflower is nothing but a cabbage with a college education. We'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.